You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. The message tonight is, is look out. Um, it's just, it's just a, a warning. I just feel like the Lord has put it up on me. I don't know if we hear enough. Um, the scripture comes out of John 10, 10, and we all know it, right? The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus came, I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight, Lord, we just want to open up our hearts and our minds, our ears to hear your word, Lord God. Father, we just want to heed to you. We want to hear you, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would put me behind the cross and let your anointing flow Lord, I just pray, any words that you want said, say them, Lord God. Any that you don't, hold back. I ask your blessing in the name of Jesus, and amen. Amen. So we got this, we got this neighborhood cat, and, and me and the dogs, we walk early in the morning. And, and then I was out, and these birds were just loud as all get out. I'm talking crows. I'm talking blue jays, cardinals, robins, wrens. Uh, sparrows. I mean, they're just like at the Colosseum watching a great battle. I mean, they're just, woo, woo. they're just yelling and chirping. And I'm like, what is going on? I, c- I couldn't understand it. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. And as I got closer, I saw this cat and it had a blue jay. So I saved that blue jay, which was a difficult task. You got two dogs, you got a cat and you got a bird. I thought I saw a putty tat, right? So, you know, I mean, I mean, you were just jacked up trying to save this cat. I mean, this bird from this cat. And, and man, it is hot. We, we, we definitely don't like AC around here. But th- this, this cat, he wouldn't give up the bird. I mean, I, I chased that bird down. I moved him to a backyard. He still, the bird somehow came back to the cat. Whether the cat came and followed me, I don't know, you know. Uh, the neighbor's daughter came out and I said, hey, you got to help me. We got to save this bird. So... As I walk the neighborhood, I'm seeing that this house is over here and and my neighbor's house is over here about two houses down. So I see this this bird feeder and it's only about three feet off the ground. So every morning whenever I'm walking, the dogs, I see this cat and it just starts coming down and then you see it cross the road and then you see it hide in a shrub. And I'm like, man, and the next thing, you know, we walk around the cul-de-sac and we start coming back. The next thing you see is a blue jay swoops down to get a little bit of food. And what happens, that cat comes out of that shrub, taps him, knocks him to the ground, and then he starts to kill, steal, and destroy that bird's life. Time and time again, I've seen it. And time and time again, I've seen those birds react in a most powerful way. And if they would just storm that cat one time, that cat would never bother him again. If we would storm the throne room of grace, maybe the devil wouldn't bother us again. But too often we take our choices as those birds see the feed and they get down and they take their choice and they take their chance. That adversary rises up against them and tries to make them dinner. In John 8 and 44, Jesus is talking about the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. 
Think about that. He speaks from his own resources. Where is he from? He's from the pits of hell. And what do we read that, that goes on? There's gnashing of teeth. There's clawing and there's screaming. So he comes from his own resources. And if we, if we put that into our conscience, if we put that into our inner man, he doesn't have a whole lot for us that is good. For he is a liar and the father of it. The devil doesn't care about your feelings. He doesn't care about you. His focus is on tempting us to fail. His focus is on getting us to sin. He's a deceiver and he wants to enslave us to sin. He wants to separate us from the Father, from the Son, and from the Holy Ghost. He wants to do a work inside of us that just devours us to where we feel like we have no hope. Listen, Jesus has not returned. So you always have hope. His mercies are new every day. So you always have hope. You have to let your sins go. You can't hold on to your sins. You can't hold on to the mistakes that the devil tries to, to bind you with. The temptations come. The accusations that you face, if you don't fall into temptation, the accusations come right behind it. You thought about it. You're just worthless, but that's not true. That's a lie. That's the adversary trying to destroy who we are, who God wants us to be. Listen, we hold on to unforgiveness too much. Unforgiveness is a sin. When you release that unforgiveness against whomever has hurt you in life, you're going to be released from that hurt and from that sin. Jesus said it in 8. Uh, verses 34 through 36, he's talking to the Pharisees. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whomever commits sin is a slave of sin. So when we sin, we become a slave to that sin. Unforgiveness, again, is sin, and we're enslaved to it. There's no need to talk about the past hurts. There's no need to talk about or put it on Facebook, who's hurt you, or on Twitter, or Instagram, what we need to do is come before God and lay down the names of those people that have hurt us, that has offended us, that has tripped us up, and say, God, I need a heart of forgiveness to forgive them, but I need them to forgive me. And if God puts it in your spirit, man, to go ask them for forgiveness, then don't wait, don't hesitate. Go and do what God has commanded you to do. Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. Mm. My peace, I give to you. Patrick, whenever you buy Bruce a shirt for Christmas, you expect to see him in that, right? God expects to see us, his children, in the gift of peace. As we, he gave it to us. I leave you my peace. I give you my peace. I want you to walk with my peace. But too often we allow the adversary to steal the peace because of the temptations, the accusations that come against us, the hurt because we carry unforgiveness. We got to release those things to God and be renewed in his peace. Verse 35 and 36, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So you've been hurt. Everybody has. Give it to Jesus today. Give it to God. Think about how many times we've failed God. And every day, he forgives us. Two or three, seven times 70. How many times have we asked for forgiveness throughout our day? God loves you. He doesn't sit on the throne waiting for us to fail. He doesn't get angry whenever we do fail. He looks down, disappointed probably. He says, pull it together, son. Pull it together, daughter. 
Jesus conquered the lies of Satan. He conquered the temptations. How did he do it? By the word of God. And Jesus intercedes for us daily, daily, that we won't fail, that we won't backslide, that we won't go back into sin. He's wanting us to move forward and not be deceived by the adversary of the devil. Look at the first place of deception. Genesis 3 and 1. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, You shall not eat, not eat of every tree of the garden? He's got a question for her. He's sliding his way in. He's slithering. He's cunning. And he's starting to twist the truth. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. God said to Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, you have a bountiful harvest. You can eat from anything that you want to eat from. You can do whatever you want to do. But the devil said, oh, you can't eat from every tree? He's spinning the truth. The woman responds in Genesis 3, 2 and 3, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Eve responds with truth. She responds with the word that God has spoken to her, and that's what we have to respond on. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, we must use to fight the adversary. God's truth and God's word. But the devil fires back at her, says, Eve, you know, surely you won't die. He's put curiosity in her mind, curiosity in her heart. She's pondering the thought. He's right. I can eat of every tree, every piece of fruit. Will I surely die of this? She's starting to give in to the thoughts, the temptation. She's starting to heed. And whenever we start to heed, we start to grow weaker in the temptation. And whenever we start to grow weaker in it, the devil starts to pull a little bit harder. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Right here, right now. What if, and it's a great big if, and our lives would be completely different. What if she would have grabbed that serpent by the neck and said, Lord God, I need your help right here, right now. What if that's us? What if in the middle of temptation, what in the middle of trial, what if in the middle of a storm, we just yell out? Too often we wait for the storm to come instead of being prayed up and prepared up. Instead of being, instead of, Listen, we, we have been taught and groomed to come to church and hear a sermon. Whenever we need to be taught and groomed, that we need to study the word of God and make it part of us so that we grow in truth and grow in righteousness so that we can be who God wants us to be, sons and daughters of the most high God who is holy and righteousness and walks that way every day of our life. We don't need to be trained up in a sermon. We need to come to church and hear what God has, but we need to take our Bibles out during the week and read and pray and seek his faith. Submit. Imagine if you're anywhere like Eve and you're dealing with something, call out to God tonight. Eve's mind is wondering, what if he's right? The devil tells her in three and five, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open. You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. What a liar. 
God knows that when you eat of that fruit, your eyes will be open. You'll be able to distinguish between good and evil, and you'll be like a God. The devil's tempting them with power. You'll be like a God. I don't want to be like a God. I want to serve an almighty God. Amen? These two, Adam and Eve, they only know Yeshua. They only know Jehovah. And Jehovah has supplied all their needs. And Jehovah has given them five simple commands to live a beautiful life. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, have dominion, and do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man, those are five simple ground rules. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Those are easy. But he gave us dominion over the devil. Dominion means to prevail against, to reign over, to rule over. That means our choices. We're, we're to prevail over our choices. Whenever we feel like we're going backwards, we need to prevail over that choice and go forward in the right path. Think about this. This is a side note. God gave man, us, you and I, children of God, dominion over the fish, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I recently read in a book by Ed Cole that man has bowed down his dominion to plants. So let that set in. Man has given dominion to plants. We're so big and tough, but our dominion has been given over. Most of us, some of us may even struggle with it now. I struggled with most of these before I was ever saved, but Jesus has saved me and cleansed me. Think about this. This is Google, didn't, this survey didn't come from the book. Survey from 2021, tobacco plant. 28.3 million adults, 18 and up, smoke. It counts for 480,000 deaths a year. About one in every five deaths is from tobacco. Hops, what beer is made from. 13.4 million American, ages 12 to 20, have tried it. More than six more than six in 10 Americans drink alcohol. 261 alcohol-related deaths every day. 95,000 alcohol-related deaths a year. Marijuana is now legal in 38 states. 48.2 million people used it at least once. The coca plant. Cocaine survey in 2023. First-time users of this drug 874,000. In 2018, the survey said that 5.5 Americans use it. Plants have dominion over us, over our choices. Everyone looks at Adam and Eve and says, how could this happen? But it still happens today. The devil still entices us. Here, take a puff. Here, take a drink. Here, take a snort. Have one of these. It won't hurt you. But honestly, it will hurt you. You might get hooked on it, and you might be a fool for the rest of your life unless God delivers you. So stay away from those things. The devil stole Adam and Eve's innocence. He killed, God, he killed God's plan for their lives. He destroyed their walk. Resist the devil, and he will flee. How do we do this? We submit to God. Don't flirt with the devil. When temptations come, do as Joseph did. Run from it. Listen, you grow stronger to what you submit to. So seek God. Seek God while he may be found. The thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. Judges 13, 
verses 3 through 5, and then verse 25. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto, unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, beware, the warning, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Manoah gave birth to Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him in the spirit. And the, Lord, and the spirit of the Lord began to move at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Ishtar. God is starting to use Samson. Samson is a loner. He's not a general of the Israel armies. He's a man that has been empowered by the Holy Spirit to stop the invasions of the Philistines. God gave him three simple rules. Three simple rules. Don't cut your hair. Don't drink wine or strong drink. And don't eat unclean things. Samson, anointed with power, kills a lion, rips it in half. On his journey, on his journey back, the carcass is making noise. There's a buzzing sound. So he goes over, he looks inside of it, he grabs him a taste of some honey that the bees have left for him. Leviticus 11 tells us that touching the carcass of dead animals was considered unclean. So if he touched that thing, he needed to go and wash himself. Was it hunger or was it pride? Was it curiosity of the buzzing bees that got him to look inside and touch the dead carcass? But he eats of the honey. Proverbs 16 and 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Look at this. I killed this lion and now it's provided me food. It's I. It's all about what I've done. Not only does he eat, but he takes of that honey and he gives it to mom and dad. So now he's made them unclean also. If you're going to sin, sin loves company and it's going to take several people with you. Proverbs 16 and 29, a violent man entices his neighbor and leadeth him in the way that is not good. Be good, walk in truth. Samson's again, Samson has sinned once against God and now he's flirting with it again. Samson's fallen in love. You better be careful, single folks, which I don't know if I have any here tonight. But make sure that they love God and not money. Judges 16 and 6, And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. Tell me where that great strength lieth. Listen, we grew up, Scotty, I saw this. Uh, Bishop Jakes had it the other day, and I saw it, and I, I got to share it with you. He said, man, we, we grew up with those children books. And Samson's this great, big, massive, strong man. But when we read scripture, and he's right, I never read it this way. She says, I pray you, wherein is thy great strength lieth? So it wasn't seen. Your great strength lies inside of you, and it ain't seen to the devil. But he wants to destroy it because he knows that there's anointing in you and upon you. You got to guard yourself. The devil will use any means to stop you. You are God's anointed, and you are God's chosen. However, see, we let people into our lives 
that don't have the same agenda that God has for us. We, get, we let people in our lives that want to lead us in, in different areas, in different ways, in different patterns. We, we, we want to listen to different music because we got a new friend. We want to start watching this show because we got a new friend and it's starting to take us away from our commitment to God, from our study time. We got to watch who we let into our lives. Delilah told Samson, or Delilah sold Samson for 1,100 pieces of silver. Four times, Delilah asked Samson, and he lied to her the first three times, protecting his anointing. But then that python spirit finally squeezed it out of him. In Judges 16 and 16, she pressed him daily with her words and urged him that his soul was vexed unto death. He tells her, my strength is in my hair, and if I'm shaven, I'll be weak like other men. The devil... He won't stop knocking. He won't stop enticing. He won't stop putting people in your life to try to lead you astray. The devil is a liar and a destroyer. Let's look at David, referencing out of 2 Samuel uh, 11. He's anointed king. He had many great feats. David and his mighty warriors conquered many nations. David had it all. But there's a part in David's life that he wished would never be remembered. There's a part in David's life that he wished would have never made it in this holy book. But what a learning process it is for all of us. If David would have been the king that he was supposed to be, he would have been in battle with his men. He wouldn't have been sitting home idle, doing nothing, pacing the rooftop going, I wonder how my army is doing. I wonder how many men have been killed. I wonder if, if they need supplies. I, I wonder if, if they are fresh, if they need food. I wonder what's going on. Oh, what is that over there? Hello. Right? He's idle. And now something has caught his eyes. It's Bathsheba. And immediately he calls for her, sends for her. She conceives that night. From there, David lied, killed, stole, and destroyed many lives to cover up his sin. Sin will take you farther than you ever want to go. That doesn't sound like a man after God's heart, does it? It sounds like a man that was tempted by the adversary who backslid and fell into sin and did everything he could to cover it up. Guess what? They all had the abundant life of God. David had the anointing and a kingdom. Samson had the anointing and God's power. Adam and Eve had the blessing of the greatest life that you could ever live. One day we'll experience eternal life with God. They walked in the cool of the day with him. They had it all. All three of these had a great anointing, but the adversary was able to sneak in, kill, steal, and destroy their anointing at some time. 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Brothers and sisters, I encourage you and I to not fall asleep, but to keep watch over our relationship with God, to make sure that we're walking in the light, to make sure that we're walking in truth. You can take a look at all four of these people and see that they had that relationship. Truth eliminates guilt. Truth eliminates fear. Truth eliminates hiding. When Adam and Eve sinned, they went right into hiding. That's what the adversary will do to us. Jesus said in John 
14 and 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus wants us walking and following his ways. He wants us living in his truth so that we can have that promise eternal life. So guard yourself. Be sober-minded. Again, all four people had a great close relationship with God. But when they set idle, the adversary moved in, put temptation in their mind, and they fell. How do you not sit idle? You study the word, you praise, and you pray. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Forget about everything of the past. Forget about it. God wants you to let go of it. He doesn't want you to hold on to anything that's going to keep you bound. He wants you to walk in that peace. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that high calling on your life? Do you seek him? Do you search his heart for the high calling that's on your life? Maybe it's going and playing bingo every Monday night in a nursing home. That's a high calling. That's losing yourself so you can show other people Christ. What is the high calling that's on your life? Samson's hair grew back. In his last work, he killed more Philistines than he had his whole life. David suffered much loss, but God reinstated him and he became a great king. Repent, repent and press into God. He has so much more for us to do. If you're saved, you have the abundant life. It may not come in the manner that you think it's going to come, but it's coming eternally. He says, store up your treasures, not on earth, but in heaven. Build up your righteousness in God. Guard yourself. Go and make disciples. That's what Jesus did. He came to earth and he started making disciples. And that's what he commands us to do. Go and make disciples. Teaching about Jesus. And how do you do that? By getting into his word. Don't desire the things of the world. Desire the things of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. I'd ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Is there one here tonight that's never asked the Lord Jesus into your heart? Is there one here tonight that would say, I've fallen off the path and I need to rededicate myself to Christ? If that's you, I'd ask you to slip a hand. Is there anybody who'd like to rededicate their lives? We saw four great people who fell. I pray that everybody is walking right. If you need Jesus tonight, if you need to confess anything, this altar is open. If you want to come and just be a heart of thanksgiving, this altar is open. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you tonight, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your warning. Lord, and I pray that we would heed to it and that we would guard ourselves, Lord God. That we would watch where we go. We would watch who we allow to penetrate into our inner circle, Lord God, of our relationship with you. That we would guard our minds, Lord God, and be renewed in your word every day. 
Father, I pray a blessing upon these people, Lord God, your children, your sons and daughters that are here tonight, Lord God, that you would touch them, Lord God. Father, I pray if any are walking through a hard time, that you would deliver them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's any that are walking with health issues, Lord, I pray by the time they hit those doors, <laughs> it would be going in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we surrender ourselves, asking you to move in us, to groom us and grow us, to change us wherever we need to be changed. And God, we ask your blessing in the name of Jesus. And amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 